Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to episode four of the Sandman reviews on Dark Place Dreamers. I'm joined by Sandy Dark Place Robert. How are you getting on Sandy Dark Place Robert? <laughs> that sounds like a bad trip to the beach, to be honest. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I, I no. feel like you needed a slightly more ridiculous name. I, I just let's stick with dark face robert okay. just go with that you one. see you see this is how you make someone like a name they don't like you make it worse, <laughs> worse. And then... <laughs> so just bring back the slightly bad one instead of the worst bad one. <laughs> oh, yeah this is not how i wanted to be introduced <laughs> so we have watched episode four of the sandman on netflix moments ago uh, well, not moments ago, we did like a 20-minute religious discussion somehow in between. <laughs> but I think that was apt for this episode. Like, this episode does spark that conversation. Yeah, it, it did. It did. It's not... As as people listen, they'll realize that it wasn't like a completely random thing to, to do. But um, overall thoughts on the episode? Because it's losing me again. <laughs> Negative. Yeah. I actually didn't enjoy This was my least favorite in the entire series. Oh, of all, including the ones we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Right, right, okay. So I, I suppose this one deviates so far from the comic books and there's just a lot of mock tension, mock drama. Yeah. It's, it, it's just put there for the sake of let's put in some tension. Yes, I think that's very fair. And we'll get to that in a moment. Um, mostly what I didn't like about it was the the aesthetic. I mean, there's, there's two separate stories, one of which I actually really do like. Um, but the main one, I suppose, with 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 the dream, I I don't like the scenes in hell, the aesthetic. It's big monsters and massive big places and a lot of CGI and and yep. it's like I, I thought I was watching the um uh, what's the the Hobbit one, the Lord of the Rings or something, you know. I liked this and I thought they did a, for I don't know what the budget is, but they did a really good job on reconstructing hell. Like the scenery, everything, mm. like even you commented, the pillars, um, the, room the pillars were nice. Room. Yes, the pillars were nice. That chamber was actually really, really nice. Uh, they did a very good job on the whole visualization. Uh, I think when know. they were in that chamber, that was fine. I just didn't like the kind of arrival and the big grandioseness of seeing the whole place. Um, it gave me this big epic world fantasy vibe that I don't really like, you know. World building is it's an exercise unto itself. Uh yeah, it's just it's not I don't really like that type of stuff, 
you know it, it it gave me like a lord of the rings kind of vibe or uh something along those lines which doesn't work for me you know fair enough but anyway not your cup of tea but um i mean there's not much you, i don't know a lot about know. tea you do you do and you know but, but you gotta know which cups you don't like what's your least favorite tea I, this I is don't the like real a, hard hitting questions here, Dean. I actually don't like any fruity teas. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a monstrosity. Do you know what? A quick addendum. I tried the bubble tea recently, and that was horrendous. Um, it was almost offensive, really. Like it was just not right. I've never. I don't even know what the bubble teas are. They've got tapioca in them. Yeah, the little bubble things. Which I don't know why I need that. Um. Right. Are they actually, is it an actual tea or is it just like a... Well, I, so I think I made a mistake by choosing the one that was an actual tea and I went for an oolong and essentially it was like I just drank a cold cup of tea. Um, So I've since realized that I should have chosen like more exotic flavors, you know. But what I did was I spent four or five pounds on that, took a few sips, threw it straight into the bin and then stopped by somewhere else and bought a tea. I mean... Why didn't you just give it to somebody else? Well, you know, it was kind of like a monstrosity that that deserved to be burnt. But look, we'll we'll okay. We'll get we've alienated our all of our new listeners. Um, we'll get back to the <laughs> Sandman. So essentially, we've got two threads in this episode. We've got the dream with the flipping raven, um, going to hell to get his helmet. And we've also got a separate story with John, good guy John, the uh, escaped from the asylum after his mother died from amulet-related causes. Uh, That's what on the coroner's report, amulet-related misadventures. And, you know, so now he's trying to get somewhere where he used to live, or we don't really, he never gets there in the episode, but he asks for a lift from a, a kindly stranger. Um, and that's it. Now, what I like about this episode is that it is linear. It's two separate stories, but they're both quite linear. There's no messing around, no jumping back and forth. Um, but you could also argue that nothing really happens. Like his story, he just goes on that lift. And we're going to talk a little bit about it because I really like it. Not a massive amount happens there. And this is a slow episode, I think, because the dream goes to hell and they do a battle, fine. But that's it. You know, there's not as many events in this episode. Um, yeah. I think that's fair to say. Um, I mean, the big gain here is that he's set out to do something. He's set out to find his three tools. He's already found his... Uh, he's got the sound already, yeah. From the previous episode. And now he's found his... A, this episode, he sets out to find his helm. Um, so I think this episode... It, does end on a good point yes and i think i like john's story and i like the overall arc of the dream story i just didn't like some of the details and imagery within hell that's all um i didn't like the the big epic fantasy vibe essentially but that was my only problem with it i suppose yeah you like pretty things and there's nothing pretty in hell apart from lucifer and even then, you know, could have been better. So yeah, the casting was an odd choice. The casting was the um, female 
short blonde haired knight is it Bronn from uh, Game of Thrones uh, I'm actually going to look that up now I should have looked this up before so it, I give the illusion that I know a lot more <laughs> than I actually do but it was her and I think that she does fine in the role actually I, I think that I liked her more here than I ever did in Game of Thrones so there's that yeah I mean it's Gwendolyn uh, Christie is the actress who, who played. Um, I actually can't remember what she was in Game of Thrones, but it was just something like Braun or something. But anyway, yeah. Um, she I certainly got the height for it, but I mean, I don't know. I was. What's the name of that statue? There's two statues. There's one um, that was commissioned by an artist by the Catholic Church, and they didn't like it because it was too sexy. So they asked his brother to do, they commissioned his brother to do another statue to replace it, and he made it even sexier. Okay, this is news to me. I do not know this story. I immediately love it. Um, yeah, I mean that was that's the kind of Lucifer I wanted. Um, whereas they went with a very innocent, cute. Yeah, with curl with the curly blonde hair, it was just very. Uh, it kind of missed it for me. Hmm. Okay. It was, it was an odd choice. But anyway. Um, we'll treat our two stories separately, if we may, yeah? Yeah. Can we talk about Good Guy John first? Should we save that one? And Ooh. just get the other one out of the way? Because okay. I, I really didn't enjoy Hell. Well, you, know. you know, that's that's a shock, right? <laughs> Who would ever have thought that sentence would be uttered? Would be uttered? Um, okay. So the dream goes to hell, if you haven't uh, guessed that already, accompanied by uh, some kind of horrible cartoon raven man. Um, and in my first thoughts on this episode were, he's doing his 15-year-old emo, dark and broody, serious thing, and the little chirpy raven, it's just so... They just don't go together. Like, they don't mesh properly. I don't like the two voices together. Okay, so and that's totally fair to say. I think it resonates with that whole disconnect between dream and reality, which is just you can have two things that shouldn't really mix that can happen in a dream and do work. But this, it's it's a it's a bit jarring. I just don't like the Raven in general at all in this episode in particular. Yeah. So now, uh, and I will have more complaints about the Raven, but yeah, this um... is really <laughs> negative. It's just constantly <laughs> like. I, I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it. Here's why. <laughs> I like I good guy Whoa. John. We'll get to him. Um, but <laughs> so we we go to hell and he meets this kind of gatekeeper. First of all, there was some imagery that we thought had a Dante's Inferno style vibe with some of these um, dead guys kind of like buried into the walls and, and things like that. Um, so there is some some mythology and some imagery that we we did like. Um, but essentially what happens is he goes to meet Lucifer, who is the girl that we mentioned, and uh, he asks, you know, where can he find his helmet? Now, I immediately find it very interesting because on Earth, I think he's seen as being very powerful, you know, and, and there's this awe and respect for him. And obviously in his own realm with the librarian, you know, as well. Um, whereas here they kind of treat him like an idiot and they have no respect for him. And that surprised me. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just took me off guard a little bit. I think it makes sense because, you know, he's dealing with a bunch of demons that 
you know, they don't even respect the creator of the universe. They actually rebelled against him and got cast into hell. So it does make sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Fair, fair point. The dream is something completely different. Um, There are lots of, um, in the comics, there's lots of different deities. They actually have, you know, Norse mythology mixed in with Egyptian uh, religion as well. Hmm. So these are all things that actually are tangible and exist. Um, but anyway, uh, carrying on with the story. Um, so the most important, the salient point here is that the devil's name is Lucifer Morningstar. And we looked it up to discover that essentially Lucifer and Morningstar mean the same thing because one's taken from the Greek and one's taken from the Latin. So essentially, his her first name and her surname are the same name. It's a bit like Mario Mario. Yeah, it's that. Um, so she says, yes, let's find out where we can get your helmet. Look at all these millions of demons down below. One of them has it. And then very patronizingly is kind of like, so would you like to question them all one by one? Uh, you know, and he's like, that won't be necessary. And then he <laughs> walks away and she's like, oh, giving up so soon. And then he conveniently has... <laughs> some kind of ability to just recall anything that is his whilst he's in hell. So then the person holding the helmet, well, person, the demon holding the helmet, it just appears. And it's like, well, that's a very convenient plot device to save us some time. That bloody annoyed me because in the comics, he goes down and walks yeah. amongst all the demons and is able to use the sand to find his helm. That would have made a lot more sense. Already there's that, like, there's nearly an anxiety about walking or uh, walking through a crowd of basic monsters mm. and uh, your safety is already called into question whereas he's safe in this room with Lucifer admittedly and another demon and then he calls the demon that has his helm up so and this demon also of- doesn't show him respect you know Lucifer's one thing but this random demon also doesn't show him respect he says I'm gonna get your helmet back fight me for it well it's yeah no he's a petulant child like that's the entire point he's an idiot you can't expect an idiot to like show respect fair and then there's another part where i believe um verges away from what happens in the comics because instead of him fighting for some reason he makes the challenge and then after it's accepted they're like oh yeah but somehow by the rules of hell lucifer is my champion and will fight in my stead so it's like why (laughs) yeah that really 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 annoyed me yeah, like, it didn't make any sense. I do not have the vocabulary that I can use here to actually express why this annoyed me because it actually changes the entire tone of everything that happened um, and everything that is coming to happen in future episodes. Hopefully that we there's more episodes for this. Um, no, it's but, all cancelled. No, oh, no. <laughs> well, no, they may as well. Like, it was always a big question of, you know, Sandman versus Lucifer. That's a big fight. That that's you know an, an amazing power struggle, whatever. Um, so for them to fight so early on, and for the Sandman to win, it it kind of undermines Lucifer's threateningness, I guess. Yeah, um, I would agree. I don't. I did not find Lucifer threatening in any way, to be honest. Whereas it's always like uh, tease it and leave them wanting more and things like that. So in the comic books, he challenges uh, the demon himself. I can't remember the demon's chrono. Do you remember the demon? Oh, name? I don't remember the demon's name. No, Chronozone or something. Oh no! It, yeah, it was uh, Chromium. Uh, it was 
along those lines anyway. <laughs> something something along <laughs> do I have to tell him, my lord. Um yeah. So he they change fights and it's just from that point it's it's quite disappointing because in the actual comics as well he's fighting down in the pits along with all the other demons surrounding him, which mm-hmm. again adds a lot more tension. Uh no, he's still up in a safe little room and he's talking to this very pleasant Good-looking person. Yeah, she. I didn't find Lucifer to be threatening or scary or like any more respectable even than than he was. I, I said like they don't really show him any respect. I didn't find Lucifer to be like this great, exalted, respected kind of character either. They were just like two people talking. I just, I don't know. Yeah, it it just didn't work for me. Also, but... while we were trying to remember his name, that reminded me, Corinthian does not appear in this episode. Corinthian McDisco glasses. I don't think he needed to appear in this episode. John is pretty much doing a good job of being the um, bad guy here. True. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just the first time we haven't seen him, um, but that's true. So we, if we get John some disco glasses, we're grand. <laughs> so one detail we skipped is on his way into hell after dealing with the gatekeeper, he passes um, a girl in a cage. And Nada. he does something, what's it called, sorry? Nada? Nada, yeah. Nada. Uh, Spanish for nothing. I don't know if that's relevant. And he <laughs> then appears. So she's um, like an African girl, essentially. So then he appears looking like her to her. Like he's no longer this like white emo guy. Um, but the interesting point here is he does the same thing he did with the sand. When he basically says, oh, this is the only thing keeping her alive. Yoink. Bye-bye. He does the same thing because she's like, I've been trapped in this cage for you know ten thousand years or something, and do you not still love me? And he's like, Yes, I still love you, but I haven't forgiven you. Well, see ya, and he all walks away and leaves her in the cage for for ten thousand more. I don't know. Should I like? It's explained much later on. Um, I hope they come back to the storyline. This is actually really, really interesting. Um, I'm not going to say anything actually, uh, but it's. Yeah, it's actually an incredibly important moment that they really glossed over. They don't spend a lot of time on it. Mm. I like the juxtaposition where he does show, when when we see him looking in his other guise to her, he shows emotion and says, like, yes, I do still love you. And then he kind of snaps back to his emo self and just is like, well, off we go. And just leaves it there. (laughs) (laughs) I think at that point when he walks away, he's more annoyed at the demon because the demon that was guiding him uh, to Lucifer deliberately took him past Nada. Also, I love the fact that her name is Nada and it means nothing in uh, Spanish. Spanish, yeah. Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. I should have copped on to that, but that essentially means that the dream loves nothing. Uh, I would like to see more times where he completely disregards things and it's just like oh this is terrible oh well i I kind of want this in every episode now <laughs> the episode after the next episode i really really enjoyed and it, there's a lot of that kind of stuff you see the dream actually trying to make a human friend oh, it's okay. a bizarre I'm, I'm looking forward to that now actually that would be fun um but look let's kind of wrap up this arc basically yes he does get his helmet how does he get it they do uh they have fight and the way that they fight is essentially horrendous. Is that fair? Yeah. How it's how it's portrayed in the show is horrendous. They don't explain any of the rules of this. It's supposed to be the oldest game that they're playing. And it's basically storytelling 
uh, aggressive storytelling. In the comics, it's it's done as you just say you're a thing. Somebody else says you're another thing. It's very childlike, and that's why it's called one of the earliest games. Yeah. But there are certain rules. Uh, one of the rules being that if you pause or take too long, you lose. Mm-hmm. None of that is explained here, um, which is a shame. But um, there's also a moment, sorry, I, sh- I should just mention, because I said I would come back to why I don't like the Raven. He has a line in and around here somewhere where he kind of stands up to Lucifer. This is a guy who supposedly had just died, didn't know what was going on, has been assigned to be the Raven by the librarian. The guy doesn't even want him to be his Raven. He's kind of like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden he's like, no, Lucifer, like we will not leave without our helmet. We came for our helmet. It's like, all right, you've uh, developed into your role pretty quickly there, Raven. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that ah, oh, the Raven. But that's Never so more. Raven. <laughs> but, <That is> <laughs> wow. but um, yeah. So look, the way they do the fight here is we see the imagery. So she says, um, I'm "Second one, is, yeah. The second one is a snake. The first one is a wolf. Um, and then we see a wolf, and the wolf's able to harm him. The problem is, he then just says, like, I'm a." Thing that kills wolves, and it's like, oh well, that how clever of you. There goes the wolf dispelled, <laughs> and then she's on a snake, and we kind of see his skin change as though he's getting like venom from the snake, and then he says the same thing. He's like, I have a thing that kills snakes. It's like, oh well, there, that's the snake gone. Like this could go on for a while. <laughs> so yes, um, in the comics, they don't deal with any like they're just telling a story, but in the actual show, they are suffering the damage that they're talking about. So whenever one of them says, oh, I'm a falcon, I got big sharp talons, suddenly she's got scratches on her face. Yeah, so So he's a falcon that kills snakes, yeah. Each thing hitting the other person to the point where they just fall down and don't say anything else. It was silly, but also I just find the game silly, man. You know, because that could have gone on forever. Like, I'm a bear. Okay, I'm a guy who killed a bear. Like, what's the purpose of this, you know? But then he he messes up. Say, I'm a guy that kills bears. <laughs> well, he messes that's up. That's another rule. Oh, wait, no, that's another rule. If the thing you say doesn't kill the thing that you've already come up with, then you know. I, you know, I didn't see any rules explained. Yeah. But he then goes on the defensive by saying that he's a world and then she is um, a nova and then he's the universe and then she's anti anti light, is it? Anti-life, yes. So yeah, that's anti-life. In the DC universe. Right. So he ends up on the defensive and like she's doing the attacks, you know, like she's saying the opposite of what he said. So I don't know how he managed to mess that up. He was doing quite well with the snake and the wolf. Um, she said that she was decaying. And as soon as she did that, she was on the offensive. Um, like what, what can stop decay? Okay, so then he's a new universe and whatever. So it was silly. I didn't like it. And eventually we think that he's beaten. And then the Raven gives him this little pep talk. You know, you're not beaten. You can do it. There is hope yet. And I I thought I was watching like Jingle All the Way or something. You know, it's like, we will get that Christmas present. We will get it by tomorrow. There is hope. Everything is fine. Like, it is just this little pep talk of um, there is what what can defeat the anti-life. It's hope. Like, there is still hope. And it was nonsense, right? It was, it was a stupid scene. It, it, it's bizarre. It's stupid. I mean, we've seen the Sandman. He's just so detached from people. He'll just come in, take up a bag of sand that's keeping somebody alive and walk out of the room. 
he'll walk past somebody he's supposed to have loved for the past 10,000 years and you know to be inspired by a stupid little bird yeah this little inspirational speech um it doesn't work it doesn't but it turns out that the kid's Christmas present was actually not the little um, toy from Jingle All The Way, but actually was hope. Um, so they get hope, and that's what wins. And then they kind of... Then I, I, even the ending was terrible. So what beats hope? And I would have thought maybe fear or something, but Lucifer just says, oh, well, that's it. I, I lose. There you go. Give him his helmet. And the guy says no, so they push him off a cliff and give the dream his helmet. Didn't make any sense. The rules of the battle weren't explained. The battle was stupid. The ending was stupid. The inspirational bit was... This was a terrible scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how it ends in is in the comic books, they have a few panels where he's going, um, uh, oh, uh, uh, and that's it. That's how he loses. Yeah, can't, can't think quick enough. That makes it, sense, yeah. It's not because he gives up and it's just like, oh, well, hope. I mean, if it's... <laughs> one, it doesn't make sense because in the next game you're going to play, it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm hope. Like, yeah, I go through anything else, but also, you you know, no matter what she said, it's like, I'm a bear, okay, I'm a comet that blew up all the things, I'm a snake, I'm another comet that blew up all the things, I'm a wolf, I'm a third comet, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, hang on, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Why does that not work? Because how does a bear stop a comet, or how does a snake stop a comet? They don't, the comet wins every time. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's nonsense. Yeah, but no, because you actually have to be a thing that stops the other person. So if you say I'm a common, I'm going to say I'm a nebula. You pass right by me and do nothing. Yeah, well, then they move on to something else. But like in the beginning, she's the wolf. He kills the wolf. She's the snake. He kills the snake. Like, they could have just gone on with that, you know? But (laughs) so then hope wins it and it's all dramatic and uh, yeah, whatever. And then he says, and this was the swerve. He says, oh, Lucifer, you were very um, honorable. And she's like, was I? Well, hold on a second. What if we don't let you leave? (laughs) This didn't work either. Um, For me, because it just made Satan, sorry, not Satan. (laughs) Two separate people didn't realize that for a long time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it just made them look petulant. And kind yeah. of like you, you really lost because she's standing in front of him and looking towering over him and being all threatening and menacing. And he's, you know, uh, in in the comics, it's a case of she says, "Well, you know, I never agreed that any of these guys are going to let you go," and he actually manages to intimidate the entire crowd around him. And That's he just... good. It's better than what we saw. But for me, the best thing would have been to do the honorable thing. Like you won the fight, we will fight again next time. I don't know why she tries to stop him. But that, yeah, I mean... But it well, doesn't even it, go anywhere. It doesn't even go anywhere. Because he says, like, you need me. And she's like, I don't, we don't need you. Dreams have no, you have no power here. And he says, well, what if the dreams have no power here? And the important thing is that the people in hell need to be able to dream of heaven. And she's like, oh, no, I'm totally stumped. Okay, well, on you go then. But we will fight again one day. That's a good line in the comics that's the only reason why they threw that in there the but line is okay line, and uh, you know that line is kind of like he intimidates the crowd with that and then just walks away and the crowd parts they're kind of like damn actually maybe maybe dreams do have a place here in hell that line makes more sense said to the crowd than it does said to lucifer and lucifer doesn't try and stop the dream the dream the, the in the comics 
Luther, who is a man, is expecting the crowd to stop. Like yeah. he's just kind of like, ah, you're in trouble now, and he manages to get out of it. As opposed it's... to like, I'm putting you in direct trouble, and just okay, well, all right, I lost the game. I'm gonna be a brat. Oh, I'm I'm being petulant now. It just sounds doesn't... like the comics all makes more sense. Maybe I should go and read those. Oh no, what have you done to me? No, but <laughs> let's. Oh. Yeah, let's move on to the other story now. Let's get to the other story with our good friend, no. good guy John. So no. he's escaped from the asylum and he's walking around. If you remember, he was given a coat by Corinthian to cover up. And he's just, like standing out in the rain, just this like vulnerable old man. And he's not been outside for 30 years. So he like stumbles into the road and almost gets hit by a car. And this pleasant lady, you know, make sure that he's okay and then finds out that he's going her way and says look I'll, I'll give you a lift no no bother so she's giving him a lift and they start off by chatting and he's like oh, you seem like you're a very nice person you're very good and you know he t- talks about his mother died recently well literally like five minutes prior but he mentions his mother died recently and then they start talking about oh she wasn't a good person anyway she stole all these things and whatever and she says yeah my husband wasn't good and he lied and as I hate liars okay okay like, yeah, so I do hate those liars. And then sometimes I had to kill them. And it's like, oh, you've changed the tone there a little bit. <laughs> and I think he makes that mistake <laughs> of mentioning. And then she's like, oh, he killed people. And then she tries to like phone 911, but she messes up with the phone. And then even though the car's got petrol, she takes him to a, like a gas station to get, presumably to get petrol, but really to ask the guy to phone 911, you know, the, the employee. No. She's lying to him, and that's the thing that she just said wasn't good to do, you hypocrite. Now, this is really interesting, because they did have a conversation about why people lie in the car. They and did, and she said when well, you're scared, right? He, his point of view was people lie because they're fundamentally selfish, and she argued that people lie because they are afraid. That's the same thing. She was being selfish. Self-preservation is the most egotistical thing you can do. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a very rational thing to do. But for me, the rational is the self-interested. Um, she's also... Uh, their do- her dog is in the car as well. And she's also trying to protect yeah. the dog as well. Um, I wouldn't worry about the dog. I get, uh, maybe it's the same thing. But it's definitely a different spin on something. You could be more sympathetic with somebody who's afraid than somebody who's just being selfish. Uh, You can, unless... I mean, I would say that all fear is selfish. Because it is about self. She was afraid for herself, like for self-preservation. I can be afraid for somebody else's safety. Yes, but she was afraid for her own. I mean, ultimately, if you boil everything down, I am essentially... prisoner in my own body with only a small stick that I can poke out and sense the world around me. Everything is selfish. Everything can be boiled down to my experience for myself. Yes. Um, And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that that's fine. I I think it's just how things are. But there's a difference between being selfish and being afraid. If you're afraid, um, you know, you're afraid for your life. Um, Whereas if you're selfish, you want that's a motivation to gain things. You're you're Um, okay. If you you can skew it that way, but you you can argue that even fear for your life is still self-preservation. It's still self-interested, you know. But 
Well, yes, but everything you do can be argued as self-interested. Then. It can. I, look, I have friends. Anyway. I've gotten a present for my friend because he is my friend. My friend. Of course, and I, I have argued this. I have written essays on this. <laughs> anyway, either way, you could argue that they're the same thing. They're talking about the same thing from different perspectives, and one's much healthier because she's talking about fear, and that explains okay. why she's lying in the gas station. Well, does it? Because here's the thing. So this is the thing, right? This chap is a murderer, but he clearly explains that he killed the people who stole and who lied to him, okay? Which he has not done. He mentions two or maybe three times that she's a good person, she is not like the people he harmed, um, and that he, you know, he likes her, not to, not to mention that she's helping him and he's essentially abandoned without her. Um, and for some weird reason, she gets afraid. The murderer in her car. But he's not, he's not a maniac that goes around killing everyone. He killed no. people for a specific reason, and she doesn't fall into that. Okay, so the fear is, at what point does he decide that she falls into that Yes, category? and you said That's that. I'm hoping not during a 20-minute taxi journey, but... You don't know. You never know. Well, the guy spent 30 years in an asylum. Yeah, she then finds that out. Uh, he's like, I haven't been out for 30 years, and she's like... Wait, what? You were in jail for 30 years? He's like, no, I wasn't in jail. I was in like a mental asylum. But wait, does that make her feel better? <laughs> it, it makes him more unpredictable. I mean, at least yeah. in prison, it's it's something. You've got some social skills, but in the same asylum. Okay. So for 30 years. Yeah. So then what happens is she whispers to the guy to phone 911. He has supersonic hearing. And then the guy goes to shoot him. And the protection amulet kills the guy. Boom, blood splatters in the windows. And she caused this. She caused an innocent death. Uh, I, I think John did. No, good guy John. <laughs> no, 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 no. John could have just left. John could have just walked away. Okay, well, he was no. being threatened. That's what the amulet does. Um, he was being threatened and he walked He has a psychological condition. You can't blame him for that. But look, here's the thing, right? She could have just not been afraid and took him to his destination, and they would have been fine. She could have not got up out of bed this morning, but, you know. What happens at the end? He comes back and she says, would you like to continue the lift? And he's like, you would let me back into your car again? He's been quite rational here. And she's like, well, yeah, I suppose, like, I will. And then good guy John says, you know, she says, well, don't hurt me. He reaches into his pocket. And she says, why would I hurt you? You've, you've helped me. You've given me a lift. You know, you don't fit the criteria that people I'm against. You have absolutely nothing to fear from me. She doesn't Hold the phone. Say... I said that. Yeah, okay, Dean, but this is the other thing. I don't want you to find yourself in a car and think like, oh, well, I'm <laughs> safe. I'm absolutely fine. I don't want you to be in that position. Mm, well, um, on this occasion, also, she ended also, up saying sorry. exactly what I thought. Okay. The other thing is, she's not even worried about her own safety. She says, he reaches into his pocket and she says, Don't hurt the dog. Yeah. Don't hurt the dog. I don't care what happens. Don't silly. hurt the dog. Um, uh, no. Okay. Well, look, don't worry about the dog. You don't but have a dog. What happens is, he says, like, Why would I hurt you? You've helped me. And I was like, Yeah, exactly. Like, we then realized when we discussed this, I was like, you see, you trust the murderer because he's telling you. And then it's like, well, hold on. The murderer could also be a liar, in which case, maybe you can't trust him. <laughs> but 
I was right. And then, of course, he gives her, he's now got the ruby, so he gives her the amulet of protection. Yes. And Good guy, John. Before this, after the Sandman got his helm back from hell, he actually um, teleported directly to the ruby because he had gained so much power back and uh, was able to find it, only to find that it had been altered. It shocked him into the wall, and um, so he had it for a brief second. He had all three tools for all of three seconds. How did John get the ruby? Sorry, I don't even remember. They arrived in a car later on. In the gas station? Oh, they just went and got it afterwards, right. They just they drove there. It was where he had left it. Um, he drove up, picked it up, and uh, he had altered it for himself. I loved this story, and I loved that moment where I was arguing with you, like, she, he, she shouldn't be afraid. He has no reason to kill her. And you're like, that's ridiculous. And then he says, you shouldn't be afraid. I have no reason to kill you. And I was like, ha I was really hoping to change your mind before the end of the episode. I was sitting here the entire time. I was like, no, Dean, Dean's going to end up with, you know, giving a hitchhiker a lift, and the hitchhiker's going to tell him he's not going to hurt him. And Dean be like, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's like saying, um, I don't know, like he says, I, I kill people who lie and steal. And then she starts lying. It's like, what are you doing? You're putting yourself into danger. You were safe before when you weren't lying and stealing. Oh. But at what point she could say, you know, oh, the weather's crazy weather we're having these days. And he might turn around and say, not crazy weather. You <laughs> love Very normal weather. Well, anyway, I really <laughs> liked his story and I liked the overall arc with the dream. So although I didn't like some things, I think it was an okay episode. Um, let's hope the next one's really good because then I'll love all the odd numbered episodes. But I guess we will find out next time. Sweet dreams, everyone. Have a sleepy day. 